Welcome to the Here's Hope podcast. I'm very excited for today's uh, conversation. We have a very special guest, a speaker, coach, pastor, and author of Go There Mama Bear, Shauna Danberg. I actually got your book. It came in today. I oh, read I'm so happy to see that. Oh my goodness. And it made me cry. <laughs> it, did. it did. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, But thank you so much. I'm very excited for this. Um, So I had the privilege of hearing you speak at a a business conference and I was so impacted by it. That's why I had to reach out when you when you asked the crowd to close our eyes and to ask, what are we supposed to be doing right now? I immediately felt God say that he wants everything. He wants my whole life. And I just felt that It's a year of maturity for me to really dig in his word, be in community, have these conversations, um, because I really believe that he's doing something right now. And I I had one foot in and one foot out, and there's no fruit there. It's very frustrating, very, um, very much in my own strength. And so I just felt I'm done playing. And I was really held back because I was struggling with a lot of fear, um, offense, and insecurity. I wasn't committed to church because of that. And so there was such free, like after that convention, there was such freedom that I felt that I'm all in. (laughs) So thank thank you. (laughs) That's amazing. I'm so proud of you. And I am so blessed to be on here with you and just continue to fan the flame of what God is asking you to do. So I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, just, I wanted to be this uh, conversation. Um, cause like I said, I really believe that God is doing something right now. And after reading your book, I, like it was just confirmation, especially with women. Um, I, I really feel like it, it's time to rise up because I'm learning how to find my voice in all of this. And I think other women um, are too, that are in that process. So I just wanted to see what, what your encouragement is towards specifically with women. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel like women are being called to the front lines right now. And not that we weren't in the past, but I believe that God has something very specific for women to do right now. And it's a lot like the story of Esther, where Mordecai was so important in that story because he was, he adopted Esther. Esther was an orphan. Mordecai adopted her. And he was the one that sort of cheered her on and said, Hey, you were born for such a time as this. Oh, but Esther was the one that actually had to use her voice. And I believe that right now the enemy is trying to keep women quiet He's trying to keep us from speaking up and speaking out and standing for what we believe. And it's so important that right now women do just what you said a minute ago. You said fear held you back. You said offense held you back. You said intimidation held you back. And those are the big three. I think that makes a lot of sense because those are three things that will keep women from speaking up. And we need to use our voice with our children. We need to use our voice in our marriages. We need to use our voice in the public square. We need to actually go out and stand for what we believe in this hour. I believe that God is calling us to pray, to fast, and to stand. And in order to do that, not only are we going to have to use our voice, but we're going to have to take action. And so, yeah, it's it's a pretty big deal right now what God's doing with the women. 
Yeah, it really is. Um, I, I also, I saw that you have a podcast. Um, the, you you co-host it, right? Yeah, I co-host it with my friend, Jenny Donnelly. My friend, Jenny, she actually is the founder of Her Voice Movement. And so if someone was to go to hervoicemovement.com, they can see all about that ministry that I'm a part of as well. And we have a podcast called Don't Mess With Our Kids. So you can go to it's easier to find if you go hashtag don't mess with our kids. Uh, if you go to YouTube or to any of the places where you can find podcasts, you can find it. So right now we're very much about that tagline. Don't mess with our kids because what, what society is doing right now to come against our children, we feel like it's the mama bears and it's just the women in general that are the ones that not only want to fight for our own kids, you know, do you have kids? I, I don't even know if you have kids no, yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> you don't even have kid, kids yet, but you know that you will have kids one day. And so you can start to fight from that place of, I know I'm going to have kids one day and I'm going to stand up for them right now. And that's part of why we have been, we've been educating people. And really um, we bring a lot of people on our podcast that talk about the different areas of where it's government, media, it's uh, entertainment, it's uh, the church, and it's also, um, we talk about like the school system and education. So we're kind of talking about all these different spheres of culture and how the enemy has tried to take those. And he's done a pretty good job. Yeah. <laughs> he's really done a good job because a lot of us, men and women, we've sort of hidden out in the church, you know, and kind of not wanted to get into these, some of these other spheres of influence, but that's what we're going to need to do. If we're going to turn our nation back to God, if we're going to protect our children. Yeah. I love that. I think that's why it made me cry because I mean, I love my parents. They did they, their, the best they could, but I didn't grow up in that way. And, um, I work at a high school and I kind of see the effects of that. Cause I see a lot of people, a lot of kids come from where they don't have both parents and they're like a broken home. And so I, I see the effects of that. And I think the reason it made me cry because I, I want to have children someday and I want to, uh, I want to raise them in that way in, in yeah. God's way. And it's just inspiring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and you're referring to my book, right? The yes. Go there, go there. <laughs> Yeah, I was inspired to write that book. It's a children's book, but I was inspired to write Go There, Mama Bear just about seven months ago. So it was a very fast experience to write this book, get the illustrator, get it all edited, get it published and put out. But I felt such an urgency. And I love that you are inspired by it because it really was written on the back of the book. It says, sometimes a mama doesn't know who she is and how, or sometimes she needs to be reminded of who she is and how much she matters. And I think that this book is of course written to little ones, but it's really written to the mamas Mom. to remind them, remind you of who you are and what a mama bear is and what a mama bear does. And I'm a lot like you. I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional household. I wasn't raised in a way that I wanted to raise my own children, but that was actually the inspiration for me to be the mom that I am now. I have grown kids. I have five grandkids, you know, and so, and I have a beautiful family that loves the Lord. I have a super wonderful, strong marriage. 
And I knew that that was what God had, that that was available for me, but I didn't know what that looked like because I wasn't raised that way. So I had to actually do something different, but it's what pushed me forward. It's what drove me to do it his way ultimately and create that in my own family and change the legacy so that my kids know how to raise their kids and they're going to do it differently here on out. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so amazing. That's where I feel too, because I I, I want to make, I want to have that, have that legacy and be all about God. So, yeah. Um. You, so you said you, did you grow up? You didn't grow up in uh, the church, right? You weren't always a Christian? I did grow up in church. Yeah. Oh. But my parents, um, they, they went through a divorce. They went through infidelity and uh, a divorce. And kind of at that point in my early teen years, you know, I was like 12, 13. Um, they just sort of were doing their own thing and kind of had to, you know, focus on themselves. I don't know if that's what they had to do. Yeah what they were going through. And I, you know, my mom actually was the one that left and my dad, we lived with my dad, my, my sister and brother and I, I was the oldest. So I kind of became a parent at an early age and my dad worked nights. I can remember him leaving for work and putting my brother and sister to bed and then staying up and being scared, you know, cause I felt very young still to be alone. And I just remember, um, just wondering, like, does anyone care about me? You know, does anyone, is anyone here to take care of me, to parent me, to tell me that I need to come home? You know, you actually want those kinds of things as a kid. And so it was, it was a rough time for a while there. I did have my church. I did have my church family and I did have a relationship with the Lord. And that really kind of saved me. But I definitely still felt as a young mom, once I got married and had kids that I didn't really know what I was doing as a mom and I didn't really know what I was doing as a wife. So I just dove into like understanding how to do this God's way. And it's all right there in the Bible. And then there's so many books and podcasts and teachings to help us as well, because we can have amazing marriages, amazing families, and we can turn our whole history around and our whole legacy around if we choose to. Yeah. Wow. Um, was there a moment where you just, where you decided like, I'm all in, like, there's no going back. I'm following Jesus. Was there a moment for you? You know, I, I feel like I've always, since I got saved, which I was five when I got saved, yeah. I feel like I always, had a heart to follow Jesus, but a really pivotal moment in my life was when I was in my early thirties, my husband and I, we were in a church that wasn't a spirit filled church. So we believed Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And we believed in salvation and we believed in the Bible, but we didn't understand the power and authority that we carried um, with the Holy spirit. And that the same things that, that Jesus told the disciples to do back then, he told us to do today. Like in Mark 16, he says, these signs shall follow those that believe, which is you, right? You believe, I believe. And it said, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Well, I didn't understand that was for today. And so in my early thirties, I, we had a friend come over. And he started to tell my husband and I about deliverance and his own deliverance experience. And I was sort of like, 
what is he talking about? And then my husband looked at him and said, that thing you're talking about, do that to me right now. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? And he took my husband through deliverance. It wasn't weird. It wasn't scary. And over the next couple of days, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, you need to go through deliverance. And he specifically told me that I had a critical spirit and he wanted to get, you know, he wanted to free me of that. And so a couple of days later, I didn't want that guy to come do it because I'm like, you know, I don't know, but if this is really you, God, then I'm just going to have my husband tell these things to go and the Holy Spirit's going to work, you know? And so he did, we just sat on our bed, our boys were wait, riding their bikes outside and he starts to tell these things to go in Jesus name. And I could literally feel this spirit just come off of me and that stronghold be released from my life. And that felt like a very pivotal moment because from then on out, I realized that when Jesus said that these signs shall follow those that believe he meant for today. And we started taking people through deliverances left and right. We got involved. We got, you know, we joined a spirit filled church and we just started to see the authority that we carried as believers. And it was, it was life-changing and we were never the same after that. So it was a whole nother level of being all in. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Yeah. Cause I felt, um, I gave my life to Christ about three years ago um, because he, okay. he healed me from, you know, alcohol abuse and just all of that crazy stuff. Um, but it was just recently, uh, it was New Year's. The pastor said, "You, if you have Christ, you have authority. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and it was right there just recently that I, I started, you know, I decided to just dive in. I signed up for discipleship classes. I decided, okay, I'm going to stay at that church because I was still carrying so much offense. And I was like, I'll go yeah. some Sundays, not all, not all Sundays. You know, I don't like certain people. I don't like what they're saying, but it it's not about that. And so it, it's just very exciting. So as a pastor, like how, how important is it to be plugged into a church, into community? Man, I think it is so important. And I love that you talked about how, you know, for a minute there is hard for you to go all the time. So it's kind of like, I don't like that person, but we have to remember that people are people and God is God. And pastors are people. Pastors are just people like everyone else. They have struggles. They have weaknesses. They have sin that they're working through. They're growing to be more like Jesus every day, just like the rest of us. And only God is God. And But at the same time, God says in his word that we are to come together and we're not to um, neglect coming together. And so there, it, there's such power when we come together and we worship together iron sharpens irons. We're growing together. We're learning from each other. We're getting the word. We're, we're using our gifts. You know, the Bible talks about how he gives each of us spiritual gifts and those gifts need to be in operation. Now they need to be in operation out in the world too, not just at church, of course, but church is a great place to practice those gifts and a great place to sort of discover those gifts. And so I think it's, paramount that we are part of a church body. And I actually think that God, you know, when he says that the, the, that his number one commandment is to love him and to love one another. Mm -hmm. If we aren't in church, I think it's so easy not to learn how to love one another. 
And that's really important to him. He doesn't want us just to love him. He, he, he made it so clear. He wants us to love one another. And that's part of loving him is that we're doing that. We are his kids. He cares so much that you and I get along. And if we struggle, we work it out and we make it right. And we forgive one another and we keep going. And so it's, it's part of having a place to um, work through those things, I think as well. Yeah. That's amazing. Cause I just feel like I've been like, I can finally see that's how I feel right now. And it's just, yeah, it's, um, and it, I just can't believe it took so long, just almost two years, three years of just sitting at church, but I kept going, but I still had all of that. I was holding on to so much. Uh, And, but just all of a sudden. Wow. Well, what was, what happened that made that all of a sudden I think I think it's just the the new year that that sermon of you have Christ you have power and then this convention um it just all kind of spoke to me and every day I wake up excited to thank God and be in the word um and to go to church and I look at everyone differently so yeah because I felt like I didn't belong like I wasn't part of the church like everyone seemed like they have their stuff together. And then there's just me. I felt very isolated. Like I couldn't be a part of the church because I I was struggling with so much inner stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But what's crazy about that is that couldn't be further from the truth because that's who God picks. Like when you look all throughout scripture, you see these people that had been through everything you can imagine, brokenness, sin, trauma. And those are the ones that he said, I want you, I want you to help tell my story. I want you to be the one that I heal and goes and spreads this to the whole entire town, you know? So it's like, that's who he, you see him really highlight those kinds of people. In fact, the pastor, the lead pastor at my church, he went through a porn addiction and he was addicted to porn starting at the age of nine years old. Right. And um, he's been free of that for, gosh, over 10 years now. But that's part of his story. That's part of what he shares often because it's important that we're authentic and we're vulnerable with one another. And we 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 understand that we're all working through things. We're all um, getting more and more like Jesus every day, but none of us have arrived. And it doesn't matter if you're a pastor, it doesn't matter if you're a leader, you know, we're all, we're all working toward the same thing and no one's higher than the other person. All of that just needs to go away. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, there's just such freedom, which is why I feel really uh, led to be doing things like this, because I think there's other women that are struggling as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it's just time to, to rise up. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about what you shared about how, you know, the two things that sort of clicked for you, you talked about the authority that you carry and in Ephesians, it talks about how the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. I mean, that is crazy. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. We have, we carry that same power and that same authority. And then the second thing you talked about was the conference. And you mentioned when I had the audience close their eyes and ask Holy Spirit. Now I didn't say to ask Holy Spirit because (laughs) I wasn't supposed to say that in a corporate setting like that. 
but I had you guys ask a couple of questions and I teach people to ask Holy Spirit those questions often. And it's, what do you want me to know? And what do you want me to do? And that comes from a man who was a police officer and he said he let the Holy Spirit lead him and he literally would find bad guys. He'd find a kid who was kidnapped and put in the trunk of a car because he would ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to know? Okay. What do you, and then he'd listen and then he'd go, what do you want me to do? And then he'd listen and he would like just be led by the spirit. And so I love those two questions because I feel like we can ask them anytime, anywhere. And the Holy Spirit is so good to speak to us and tell us what he wants us to know and what he wants us to do. It's incredible. It's, oh my goodness. Like, I just feel so in awe right now. <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, I don't really want to take too much of your time. Is there anything else that you'd like to share um, specifically for women right now that are struggling with that insecurity, with fear, intimidation, um, where they have that one foot in, one foot out being lukewarm? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think what I'd want to do is just pray um, over the spirit, uh, just commanding the spirit of intimidation to leave because, you know, I think that's something that I I just want people to be rid of that right now. So I think that's what I want to do because the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of timidity or intimidation. Some translations say a spirit of fear, but same thing, but he has given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And so I just want to pray right now. I just thank you, Father, that every single woman listening to the sound of my voice, every single man listening to the sound of my voice, every single child listening to the sound of my voice, that you would come right now and you would completely rid them of the spirit of intimidation. In fact, I speak to the spirit of intimidation and I tell you that you have to go in the name of Jesus. You have to leave and you have no power here. And I just, I would, I would ask everyone listening to actually say out loud that, um, you know, enemy, I don't agree that I have the spirit of intimidation and I agree with God that I have power, love, and a sound mind. And I come into agreement with God. I disagree with the enemy and I agree with God in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> that seems so simple, but I'm telling you what I have learned. One of the things I have learned that is the most powerful is that there's power in agreement. So think about how our thoughts think of thoughts like sushi, you know, when you go to one of those sushi places <laughs> and the little sushi is coming around on the conveyor belt. Yeah. Well, thoughts are like that, you know, here they come, here they come, they're coming by. Now, if I take that thought or I take that plate of sushi and I stick it in front of me, if I taste it, even if I don't like it, guess what? I still have to pay for it. Yeah. Right. So that's like what agreement looks like. So when a thought comes, just let it float on by don't agree with it. If it's when we take the plate, it's when we take the thing and we go, yeah, I am, I am, I, I, I agree that I'm insecure. I agree that I don't have what it takes. I agree that I'm, you know, 
full of fear. I agree that I'm ugly or stupid, or those people don't want to be my friend, or I'm not a real Christian, or I don't belong. You know, all of those things that the enemy does, those thoughts aren't, aren't probably going to stop coming. You know, they'll get easier as we grow in the Lord, but we're, the enemy is never going to stop trying to steal, kill and destroy us ever. He's never going to stop. So those things are going to come, but don't agree. So you can even say out loud, sometimes I'll do that. I'll be driving in my car and I'll feel like a little intimidation is trying to come at me. And I'll just say out loud, I don't agree. I don't agree with that. And I do agree with God. God, what are you saying right now? And then I'll just listen and I'll start to repeat what he's saying out loud. Okay, God says that I'm the righteousness of Christ. God says that I'm the head and not the tail. God says that I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed going in and blessed going out. And he's gonna, he's with me and he's for me. And I'll just start to agree with God. And so that is how we take care of these kinds of things. It's, it's like that, that that's, what's effective is, is not coming into agreement with that spirit. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. That is so helpful. Yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I've been writing. I have a, cause even me, I still kind of deal with that intimidation. Sure. So I have a little note cards everywhere, <laughs> just reminding me of uh, God's word. So I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would love for your audience to look at our podcast that don't mess with our kids. I'd love for them to check out the ministry that I'm a part of. That's a national ministry called Her Voice Movement. And then, of course, I have the stuff that I do on my own personal um, my own personal page, which is Victory Mindset Coaching. But for the most part, you know, what we're doing on a national level right now, I think is really important. I really want to steer people that direction. But we can find you on Instagram, right? You have everything linked there. I do. Yeah. Perfect. And I'll leave everything in the show notes. Um, and thank you again so much. I loved your book. I'm not a mom yet, but I loved it. <laughs> you will be. Yes. Thank you.